Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Pēhā he aurite. Kao. Kā rehe tāwara. O te tātani. Ai. So it doesn't taste any different. doesn't make your teeth make or does it? That's what you mean? Hmm. A little bit. Hmm. <laughs> 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 no, it's just the same. Peho fagaro. Oh, we're brushing our tongue now. Pai. Heo dite? My mama e fakam. Mato, I'm going to try it. Kia ora, I'm Stacey Morrison, bringing you season two of Healthy or Hoax, the show where we take current trends that claim to be good for you and see what evidence there is to support those claims. This episode, Charcoal. Good for your guts or just ashes in your mouth. There was this whole trend around how it could um, get rid of gas, it could get rid of bloating. There are actually crackers which are contain activated charcoal. <laughs> they look gorgeous, you know. And the chemistry of the charcoal enables it to bind to many, many different sorts of molecules. There are claims that it will whiten teeth and that it will remove deposits from teeth. Charcoal, you know, basically burnt wood, seems to be in everything these days. Toothpaste and toothbrushes. Me and my seven-year-old will try out some of these later. But it's also in food, drinks and beauty products. Now, black ice cream and burgers look pretty cool, but could they be good for us too? Professor Ian Shaw is Director of Biochemistry and Professor of Toxicology at the University of Canterbury. There's two sorts of charcoal, basically. Unactivated charcoal and activated charcoal. And if you heat unactivated charcoal to a very high temperature... Professor Shaw seems like someone who'd be able to help us answer this question. In the presence of uh, an inert gas like nitrogen or argon, you form lots of pores in the charcoal, which makes it have a very, very high surface area. And the chemistry of the charcoal enables it to bind to many, many different sorts of molecules. And with this huge surface area, it can bind a a very large amount of chemical material. So if you put some charcoal into a liquid, for example, that might have some chemicals in it, then the chemicals will bind to the charcoal and remove them from that liquid. And using charcoal as a detoxifier isn't anything new. Amazingly, we've known for a very long period of time, there are even records going back to 4000 BC of using charcoal. But it looks like the Phoenicians in around about 400 BC uh, actually made activated charcoal by heating charcoal in a fire to very high temperatures. And they used that powdered activated charcoal to purify their water. So a long, long time ago. Now, for many, many years, toxicologists have used charcoal as a treatment for poisoning. So if you went to your uh, doctor and you just swallowed something poisonous, your doctor might give you a whole load of um, powdered activated charcoal to swallow in a slurry in water to attempt to bind that toxic chemical, stop you absorbing it, stop you getting the toxic effects of the chemical. It works extremely well. So certainly in a detox um, scenario of that sort, it works really well. Yeah, so 
the whole trend around this whole activated charcoal movement is basically it stems from the fact that in medical settings, activated charcoal has been used to treat overdose of drugs and poisoning and things like that. So Rajshree Roy, Dr Roy, is a registered dietitian and a lecturer in nutrition at the University of Auckland. And she says the word detox, which has the specific medical meaning, has kind of been hijacked. And the reason that's been used is because it traps toxins in the intestinal tract and then reduces the amount of poison that's able to enter the body. And same with if it has already entered the bloodstream, it can then detoxify that. So then that word sort of became the key word because whole detox movement and the whole detox trend is all about when you consume something that's going to help detox toxins from your body. Um, there was this whole trend around how it could um, get rid of gas, it could get rid of bloating, it could help treat hangovers, perhaps reduce cholesterol, and of course do the whole cleanse and detox. But technically, that's not what's happening when we are eating foods in general. So our body has organs that take care of the detoxing process. No particular food helps with detoxing. Your kidneys are going to do that, your lungs are going to do that, and your liver is going to do that. But if we eat charcoal, will it remove toxins? The answer, I suppose, is yes, but I don't like giving you that answer because it's a bit too simple. This is Professor Shaw again. If you eat uh, activated charcoal, it will bind lots of things to it. Some of those things might be nasty chemicals that might be in your food, like pesticide residues, for example, that would be present at tiny, tiny concentrations. We wouldn't even call them toxic at those levels, but it certainly would, would bind them. But it will also bind other things from the food which might be useful. For example, some of the vitamins might bind to charcoal and some other micronutrients might bind to charcoal. But I'm really unhappy about just adding something that indiscriminately binds to so many things on the grounds that it will stop you getting exposed to toxic chemicals in your food. If you had, for example, a burger bun with charcoal in it and you got your big fatty burger in there, I'm almost certain, but I've never done any experiments, that the fat, which is the bit that's probably more harmful to you than most other things in the burger, but we'll talk about that in a second, would saturate the binding sites on the small amount of charcoal in the bun, so it would have no effect on you absorbing that fat. However, there are a load of other chemicals in a burger. If you've cooked it on a barbie, then there'll be oxidation products and, and caramelization products of the hemoglobin in the meat and other aspects of the meat, which actually are carcinogenic. Now, I'm, I'm certain that the charcoal will bind to those carcinogens. Now, whether it will bind them all and whether it will stop you absorbing them, I don't know. But the, my worry is that it's, it's indiscriminate in terms of what it binds to. It will just bind and, and just block everything, basically, because the fat would bind in preference to the really low concentrations of other stuff in the burger. So to sum up, there's no science to prove eating charcoal will make you fatless. There are no true benefits associated with activated charcoal. There is no evidence out there that can back up those claims. And Dr Roy says eating activated charcoal all the time could actually be harmful. Because not only is it going to stop your intestines from absorbing certain nutrients from certain foods, um, it's also quite harmful for people who are possibly on prescription medications because then the activated charcoal could prevent the medication from being absorbed properly as well. Um, and the thing that we I did some research on around oral contraceptive pills, for example, like if you're having that and you're also having a lot of activated charcoal, the potent agent could not be absorbed into your system. So again, that's 
a bit of a problem. So um, if people are having activated charcoal, there's a lot of recommendations around not having it like two hours of taking their medication. But then again, a lot of people are having activated charcoal with food and they could be getting stripped off the benefits of other nutritional elements in food because that's not getting properly absorbed into their intestines as well. Um, I mean, if people are having it in small amounts, there is like no harm to it, but there is no benefits either. Despite knowing there's no science to back up claims the activated charcoal in food can help detox your body, Roy still tried it. I did. Um, I did try a charcoal latte. Um, and yeah, so I'm not a big coffee fan, so it didn't really add anything to it. It just kind of made it like, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of how my food looks. And I was like, it's black. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of it kind has that light and refreshing um, taste to it. So I can understand why there's this whole sensation of adding it to smoothies and things like that. But to be honest, not I've, the more problematic would be adding it to like your smoothies and things like that, where you're having, you're trying to get the benefits out of the fruits and the vegetables and the um, whole foods that you're adding to the smoothie and the nutrients that are coming from that. But when you're adding too much activated charcoal, it could hinder the uptake of those nutrients. It's not really adding to any further benefits. So just, you know, Skip the charcoal, just have your smoothie. I sat down with food and nutrition writer Nikki Bazant. You can get charcoal buns and in restaurants you'll see things like that. And it is quite exotic looking. It's got quite a, a lovely exotic look to it. So, so perhaps that's why there's things like crackers with charcoal in them. Yeah, and yeah. on trend I guess. And there's actually there's a, there's a drink I, that I have tried, um, a, a kind of a charcoaler. Yes, I see what they did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's making its way into consumer foods. Did you notice any taste from your charcoal? Crackers? I did not really, and I would imagine that the amount of charcoal that's in there is pretty tiny. So you'd be unlikely to really detect it as a as a flavour. So in terms of your expertise, what do you think of charcoal and what it might achieve or perhaps doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think the claims around it are kind of detox, aren't they? They're usually, they're usually sort of saying that it's going to detox you, it's going to, it has some sort of cleansing effect. And the whole detox trend is something in nutrition and health, which is, uh, you know, it just comes up all the time. And it comes up, you know, it tends to come up every year around about New Year, mm. quite often, the whole detox diet thing, the juice fast, the detox, um, the detox products, the detox kits. And that whole thing is really a triumph of marketing. It is a whole lot of uh, a lot of marketing nonsense and not really a lot of factual nutritional benefit. You're not going to get detox benefit from food. And why is that? It's just not achievable through food. Well, because we, well, we don't need like this is what the experts all say the same thing. Our body has got a very good detoxification system of its own, you know, and that's our our liver and our kidneys and our skin. It's a whole system that helps us to detox. Technically, and to, and to all the thing, all the bad things that we put in, can be eliminated by our body naturally. It's just what it does, and the, the the only real, the only real use of the term detox is in a medical situation where people are overdosing on alcohol or drugs. That is a detoxification situation. But for normal humans like you and me, we don't need to detox. Our bodies are doing it naturally, and so the detox industry and the detox trend is a huge kind of a marketing fad. So your take on charcoal is if it doesn't detoxify, because nothing can actually in terms of food, then what is your take on charcoal-infused foods? 
I did actually have a look at some of the research on this, and and it does seem to the, the claims are around it reduces. Um, bloating and flatulence and things like that. Uh, there's not really much scientific evidence of a benefit there. Uh, and the other thing is that the, because because the, like I mentioned before, that the amount of charcoal that's in a food is probably going to be pretty low. It would be unlikely to have any kind of benefit anyway. It's probably there to, for aesthetic reasons. It looks pretty good on Instagram, you know, yeah. all those charcoal foods. Uh, and, then, and then the things that the experts do say is that it, it, you need to be a little bit careful in that it might interact with some medications uh, and that it might actually also, because it, it binds to things, it binds to you know chemicals in the body, it might actually bind to some beneficial things too, like the water-soluble vitamins like vitamin C and things like that. So I would say if you're going to have it as a, in a food substance, it's probably fine. Don't expect to get any benefit out of it. But if you like it, if you like the food, then, you know, go for it. When you're talking about binding and uh, stopping absorption of vitamins, do you think, what, what sort of amounts would you have to be eating for that to be an issue? I think maybe that would be the case for supplements. If you're taking charcoal supplements rather than eating it in food, I don't think anything that you ate as a food ingredient would have that effect. Uh, there have been some... There have been some studies to, to say that it, that it might um, have some benefit in treating diarrhoea and things like that. So that would be, again, supplements, not food. And I guess the relationship as well is that people know that sometimes when there is a real issue, charcoal is used in hospital, but that's a different kind of administration, isn't it? Goes yeah, to totally blood. different. That would be you know, a medical therapeutic situation and that the way that they use it there, I don't even know how they do it, but it would be completely different to having it in something that you buy in the supermarket. So in summary, eat it if you like it, but don't expect that it's going to have a huge health benefit. Would that be fair? I reckon that's a pretty good summary. Apart from food, activated charcoal is being used more and more in beauty products. But Professor Shaw is pretty sceptical about the actual benefits of this too. If you put charcoal into cosmetics or toothpaste and so on, it, you know, it does two things. One is it, it gives a roughness that might be useful in those personal care products like soaps and toothpastes, but also it will bind to, to chemicals. So if, for example, you had it in a face pack and you, you covered your face with a, a charcoal containing face pack, it will bind to all sorts of stuff on your skin. And I suppose you could say, well, that's going to stop you absorbing those. It's going to help you to detoxify your skin. But I must admit, I think that's pushing it a bit because the amounts of material concerned in, in the skin will be very small. It won't be pulling them out of your skin. It'll only be dealing with things actually sitting on the surface of your skin. So I think there might be a bit of advertising benefit there rather than any reality. The science on charcoal and beauty products just isn't out there either. You know, I mean, I've tried activated charcoal like mud masks and stuff and they're fun, so <laughs> maybe that's one way to go. It's fun, it's, you know, it makes your skin feel good, so why not? There are studies into charcoal and toothpaste, though, including a very unscientific one I did with my seven-year-old daughter, Mayana. Ready to make Okay, what is this? I'm going to show you this toothbrush. How thinny? Toothbrush. Taitaniho. Hey, we started with the charcoal-infused toothbrush, so regular toothpaste, but on a brush with black bristles. Yes, it's a bit weird that it's black. Not either. So will it be any different? 
Hannah's going to find out. Wait, Mama! It's a little bit like her other one. But let's see if it seems any different. Get the Akani Mayana when she brushes her teeth. Right? Peha, how are you? Kao. Karaheta water? So it doesn't taste any different. Doesn't make your teeth break, or does it? That's what you make. Hmm, a little bit. Cow. No, it's just the same. Peho fagaro. Oh, we're brushing our tongue now. Pai. Heo di te. My mama if I come, mother, I'm gonna try it. I can taste the difference. Karakwe te nomo. Hmm. I don't know what different. Okay, so now, I mean, it's a nice bamboo toothbrush. Quite nice and soft. Then we gave the activated charcoal toothpaste to go. I'm not going to try that. Hmm. Okay, so first of all, the tube looks like there's actually moisturizer in it. Okay, oh, Sam, we're not going to make certain effects in the back. Oh my goodness. Squeezing it out and. It's black. This seems weird. It feels weird. Why would you put something black on your teeth? It feels odd. Tetsiro. Pango. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> yes, my teeth are going to be black. So, with the electric toothbrush, let's see how this goes. Oh. Oh. Ah. Not actually black. Oh, it is a bit black. No, it's... It is black. That's a weird feeling seeing your teeth looking black. Mm. I've seen a teeth on YouTube. It looks... It is rainbow. Okay. Grey, because rainbow mm. is really colouring. The grey saliva is quite a weird. Oh no! I've got hey. a disease walking around through your neighborhood sweating on my feet. It looks like I've been eating licorice, black licorice. Oh. It does. Oh gosh. It does a good job. You have to get used to the non-minty sort of taste. It's a different taste. Tastes better than other natural toothpaste I've used, I must say. Oh, God. This is pretty good. I feel like my teeth are quite a lot whiter. And... Wow, okay, I'm gonna use a bit more. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get my to try it with some black. No. Yes, yes, I know. Give it a shot. I'm gonna, oops. Oh. I mean, oh, we're a bit scared to put the black one in our mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah.
Those whimpering sounds of my own are not wanting to put the black stuff in your mouth. Very odd when you spit out and see grey. I gotta say, that's pretty good for whitening. Wow. Okay. Mama! Coming <laughs> you. There's a little freak out going on with the black teeth. <laughs> How does it taste? Dedicate the towel, so the seven-year-old's not a fan. And to be fair, neither is Dr Jonathan Broadbent. He's an associate professor of dental public health at the University of Otago. There are claims that it will whiten teeth and that it will um, remove deposits from teeth. And I've seen other claims that it will do other things like remove harmful ions from the water that you're brushing your teeth with and things like that. I'd be a bit sceptical of some of the claims. Uh, certainly charcoal is, can be abrasive and so um, uh, just like other products that are used to brush teeth, there is often an abrasive component and it can help remove deposits on the surface of teeth. In fact, charcoal's got a history as a tooth cleaning product. So I've worked as a dentist um, in Papua New Guinea in the past, and the Papua New Guineans chew a lot of betel nut, and it stains their teeth bright red or even black. Um, and one of the things they use to try to remove that staining from the teeth is charcoal, straight charcoal. And um, uh, it's been used for millennia to remove stains on teeth. But he says with anything like this, you have to be super careful. Well, if something's particularly abrasive, if the um, particle sizes of the abrasives is large or if it's used particularly aggressively, you can also abrade the tooth surface itself, which is something you don't want to do because teeth are a part of your body that can't rebuild itself. Once damaged, once missing, the tooth surface that's stripped away is gone for good. You know, the, the, the worry I have with charcoal dentrifice is you don't really know what you're getting if you're getting some odd brand of it. You know, how abrasive is that product really? I would suspect that not all of them are the same. And charcoal's ability to bind to anything, good and bad, is a problem in toothpaste too. One of the major components of toothpaste is the, uh, the action of fluoride. Fluoride's a very important part of the way most toothpastes work. But there is suspicion that in a charcoal-containing toothpaste that fluoride would be less bioavailable than it would otherwise be. But there's a worrying lack of actual research to verify this one way or another. These products are being released without sufficient research about how they'll work, how they'll prevent tooth decay, for example. A 2017 review of charcoal and dentistry products published in the Journal of the American Dental Association found there was no good evidence that charcoal is effective or even safe for teeth. Broadbent also suggests it could make them look worse. Yeah, so some of the microscopic defects in tooth surfaces can end up looking worse, or if you've got early decay on tooth surfaces where the tooth surface is... Um, slightly demineralised and can either be abraded away or stained up by a charcoal-infused toothpaste. 
So I've seen some research where people are claiming, oh, look how wonderful this charcoal toothpaste is because it does remove stains from teeth. And so they'll do some research where they've used some extracted teeth and stain them up with some tea or something like that and then brush the teeth with a charcoal toothpaste. And lo and behold, you know, it's abrasive. It'll remove some of the staining from the tooth surfaces. There's no surprise. Um, but other research that I've seen in teeth that don't have staining, that are just normal teeth, that uh, someone you know wants to, maybe someone wants to, so to speak, whiten their teeth using this charcoal toothpaste. Um, actually following brushing, the teeth can end up looking darker than before brushing the teeth. And Dr Broadbent says even if charcoal toothpaste helps a bit, unless you solve the cause of the staining, your teeth will just go back to their usual colour. Now the thing that charcoal toothpaste is not going to do is it's not going to make your teeth any brighter. It's not going to deal with the intrinsic colour of your teeth. Teeth have a natural slightly yellow colour. It's sort of, a, you know, this bright white colour is not the natural colour of teeth. But if you want to get that bright, white, ridiculous Hollywood um, smile, you know, the brightest teeth possible, then the way to do that is through bleaching your teeth. Charcoal is not going to brighten the, the teeth themselves. It's only going to remove surface deposits on the tooth. There's a lot of science to show charcoal is effective in removing toxins from the body in case of poisoning, but that's a medical procedure. In the case of charcoal in food, while it might inhibit the uptake of some toxins, there's probably not enough in the food to have any effect. And if there was, it could also inhibit the uptake of nutrients and possibly medicines like birth control. For face masks, there are anecdotal reports of it having a positive effect, but no good studies into it. And for toothpaste, the science actually suggests it could do more harm than good. So the Healthy or Hoax star rating for charcoal infusions is zero. Mayana's certainly not too keen on introducing it to our house. Yuck. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthy or Hoax, hosted by me, Stacey Morrison. A special thanks goes to Rashari Roy, Ian Shaw, Nikki Bazant and Jonathan Broadbent for sharing their expertise and especially to my daughter Mayana for bravely testing the toothpaste. This episode was produced by Liz Garten with help from Kate Pereira-Garcia. The audio engineer was Blair Stagpool and Tim Watkin as the executive producer. Listen out for the next episode on fasting. Healthy or Hoax is available on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz, and wherever you find your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.